right now, if you become a plus pure gym member, you get five amazing benefits. Firstly, you can have access to local gyms in the area. Secondly, if you've got any, you can take a friend four times a month. <laughs> Thirdly, you can book 14, uh, book fitness classes 14 days in advance. Uh, fourthly, you can uh, freeze your gym membership. But lastly, and this sells it for me, you can get free sports water if you sign up. Not just any water, but sports water. Um, how can anyone resist these amazing offers? A Plus Pure Gym member will certainly have seen these amazing offers and thought, I'll go for them. And then when they become a member, I'm sure they would use these benefits. Otherwise, they'd be missing out on something that is theirs to enjoy. As we look into this psalm this morning, we cannot help, um, uh, we'll cer certainly seen the benefits um, and, sorry, um, as we look into this psalm this morning, we cannot help but view the vast and ongoing benefits God gives to his people. These benefits he gives are for us to delight in uh, and experience. God wants his people to know these benefits uh, so we can enjoy them. This psalm is a call to praise God uh, for what he has done for us. It's a psalm telling us to look what God has done for us and praise him for it. Praising God means giving thanks and honor to him uh, because God is worthy of it. Uh, praising God means making him look great. Praising God means lifting him higher than anything else. The author of this psalm, David, wants to remind himself and his hearers why we should praise God. Uh, so there's so much I could say this morning, uh, but I'm just going to minimize it to two simple points. Uh, firstly, firstly from verses 1 to 18, uh, praise God who is compassionate and gracious. So let's, let's think, subheading number one, don't forget God's benefits. So subheading number one, don't forget God's benefits. That's verses one to five. So how is your memory? I'm sure we all know somebody who, is a, is re, who has a really bad memory, or maybe we are that someone. Um, for me, it, the pr person with the p uh, worst memory is probably my boss from Preston. Uh, I remember one time he got stuck breaking into his own workshop uh, because he forgot his keys. Uh, most years, he'd forget his children's birthdays. Uh, but worst of all, I remember he was driving around for six months without MOT because he totally forgot about it. Uh, as Christians, we, we forget what God has done for us so often, don't we? Uh, notice verses 3 to 5. David, most likely an older man, is looking at the amazing goodness God has done for him. He forgives all your diseases. He heals all he forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things. Uh, David the writer says, don't forget what God has done for you. Uh, but if you look closely at verses 3 to 5, it's in the present tense. It, this isn't just what God has done long, a long time ago or is going to do in the future. This is what God is still doing today. Uh, just a side note for verse 3, uh, the part that says, who heals all your diseases. Uh, this isn't a promise that will recover from all our illnesses. Uh, and if we're a child of God, that will never be sick. Um, but this, I think it's best understood from 1 Peter uh, 2, 24. 
And that says, he, he himself bore our sins uh, in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Uh, it's more likely, given the context of the psalm and what's said in the, the next part, it's a spiritual healing uh, of what God is doing, continually healing us from our uh, indwelling sin. Um, so no... Not great with a clicker. <laughs> um, so notice verse 4. Uh, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Uh, we know the goodness of God in salvation, that he saved us through Jesus. Uh, but why is this in the present tense? He redeems your life from the pit. Uh, this is God's continual kindness to his children. Uh, when we sin, when we go astray from God, he brings us back to himself. Uh, he persistently brings us back when we fall. Uh, notice God will not give up on his people. Uh, the times we fail, the times we fall, uh, the times we sin against him, if we are truly his, he will not allow us to be fully cast off. Uh, just think back to the times in your life when you uh, fell into sin, when you chose sin over Jesus. Uh, just think when you've fallen into the pit, uh, why is it you remain today as a Christian? Why is it you want to know Jesus? It's because God has brought us back from the pit. He crowns us with love and compassion when we come out of the pit. Uh, maybe you're here today and you've messed up just this week. Uh, you feel awful because you've sinned against God. Uh, go to God. Uh, he will restore you. Uh, give him your mess. He loves to take in sinners and cleanse them. Don't fear, go to him. He is merciful and compassionate to sinners. After hearing this, we should praise God. Uh, he won't let us go. If we're truly trusting in Jesus, he will not let us go. He responds to our failures with love and compassion. Uh, praise God for his forgiveness. Praise God for his ongoing redemption. And praise God who satisfies us with good things. Uh, look at verse 5. As people, we all have many desires, sometimes good, sometimes bad. We sometimes use God's good desires, um, and we use them in ways that displease him. But look at the verse. God satisfies your desires with good things. Uh, what, what is this telling us? It is telling us everything good that we have, air to breathe, food to eat, shelter to live in, friends, family, a church, a mind to think, a school to learn in, clothes to wear, all these good things come from God. Everything you have, you have received from God. You may say, no, I work for this, or I received this, I got given this. Uh, that could be correct, but they are just aids that God uses to gift us. Uh, all the good you enjoy comes from God. Everything you have, however little, that has come from God. He has freely given it to us. Uh, but we know that no earthly thing can truly satisfy. Only God satisfies. So remember, next time you eat, you breathe, your heart beats, that's a gift from God. Uh, and praise him for it. God's gifts should always point us to him. Uh, we should love the giver 
more than the gift. Uh, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. So let's continue. Subheading number two, ponder God's compassion, grace, and love. Uh, Verses six to 18. So I'm sure we've all seen uh, great acts of kindness. We've all, maybe somebody in uh, shopping before us haven't, hasn't had enough money and we've seen people maybe give them money so that they can pay for the food. I'm sure we've all seen amazing acts, acts of kindness, but we've never seen uh, a greater act of kindness than what God has done for us in Jesus. Uh, verse 8 tells us, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And David uses this as a springboard to what he is about to say. God's kindness is directed to us. It's directed to you. It's directed to me. Notice that us and ours are verses 10 to 12. It's repeated six times. God's kindness is towards us. Some translations say the Lord is merciful and gracious. But what, what is God's grace and mercy? God's grace is ultimately his kindness in giving us what we don't deserve. And his mercy is his, uh, or compassion is not giving us what we do deserve. So look at verses 9 to 10. We see God's abundant mercy. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. There is an aspect to this psalm that mentions God's anger. But notice verse 9, it's controlled. And in verse 8, it's uh, slow to anger. In the midst of God's amazing grace and abundant mercy, we see his anger. We see that his anger will one day be unleashed on those who reject his kindness. Uh, Why is his anger talked about in the midst of his grace and mercy? Notice God's, ang- God's goodness and grace is seen in more depth when we dwell on his anger. Uh, we see where our sin was leading us to uh, and with, that we're all destined to hell without God's mercy. Uh, and then God stepped in and he saved us. It helps us grasp a greater look at his grace and mercy. Uh, this morning, maybe you've come and you feel your sins deeply. Maybe you've come this morning and you feel condemned because of your many sins. This morning, maybe you uh, let this verse shatter those thoughts. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. But how can God do that? We see God's mercy clearer in Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to save sinful people like us all. God treated Jesus as our sins deserve. God repaid Jesus according to our iniquities. Jesus took our sins on the cross as he died. If you aren't a Christian this morning, you need to go to Jesus. You need to ask him to forgive you. That's how we can be right with God. Our sins are many, but the mercy and grace in Jesus is more. We can be saved by trusting the Savior, Jesus. Look down at verses 11 to 12 and notice God's amazing grace. This is what, kind, this is what God kindly gives to, those, gives to those who trust in him. And notice verse 11. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. The next time you're outside and it's dark, just look up to the sky. If it's a clear night, look up to the sky and just think as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Just ponder how great God's love is for you. Take in his love for you, that God hasn't cast you off. Though you've sinned, God's love is great for you. Again, God shows his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. The phrase, uh, as far as the east is from the west, is meant to communicate an infinite space. East is in one direction and west is in the other. Uh, This is different from north and south. Uh, You can travel north only so far before being forced to travel south. But east and west never meet. No matter how far east you travel, you'll never reach a point that your next step must be westward. Therefore, God in his wisdom did not say as far as the north is from the south, but rather he said as far as the east is from the west. If we trust in Jesus, God has removed all our sins from us. I want you to imagine it's, it's bin day uh, and your wheelie bin is full of rubbish and it absolutely stinks. Uh, you take your bin out and you leave it to be taken away. And at the end of the day, you go and you collect your bin, you take it up the drive and you feel that it's empty. Uh, You feel there's nothing in it. All the rubbish is gone. You're never going to see that rubbish again. In a slightly similar way, if possible, uh, that's what God has done with our sin. He has taken it away. It's gone. God is satisfied with Jesus' death. But are you? God looks at Jesus, and if you trust in him, he does not count your sin against you. Are you satisfied with Jesus' death for your sins to be covered? Or do you think more is needed? Do you think you need to be better or prove something to God? Uh, Is that you today? Be willing to look at Jesus. He counts our sins no more. Know that Jesus has taken all the blame for your sins, so trust him. Know that Jesus has earned all God's favor for you. Know that Jesus said over all your sins, it is finished. Jesus is enough. But let's ask the question, why does God do this for us? Why is God merciful to us? Why does God love us? Notice verse 14, it starts with a for, which means because. Verse 14, so God is loving, gracious, compassionate towards his people because he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And don't miss this, we need this. Listen carefully. God is compassionate towards us because he knows we are weak. God knows we are sinful. God knows our brokenness. God knows our struggles. He knows our feeble frames. This is why we need God so much. Our helplessness is beyond our thoughts. We are weak people, yet God, the Father in heaven, his heart is moved to be compassionate towards us because of our weaknesses. And so often our sin drives us away from God. Uh, we feel as if we don't, he won't want to hear from us. Uh, but God's compassion goes out to our weaknesses. Uh, so today, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling like a failure, you feel like God is going to give up on you. But let me assure you this morning, our failures, our weaknesses, they, 
They move God to be compassionate towards us. In fact, God actually wants us to feel our weakness, our, de- our feebleness, so that we'd go to him in utter dependence. Notice uh, verses 15 and 16, and then verses 17 and 18. David now contrasts the fleeting life of people with the everlasting love of God. Uh, but notice David says God's everlasting love is with those who fear him, Verse 18, those who keep his covenant. We are in God's new covenant by placing our faith in Jesus. God's covenant, which are his promises, namely to save us, uh, they are available to us in Jesus by having faith in Jesus. So today, if your faith is in the Lord Jesus, his love for you is everlasting. It will not end. Well, that's all amazing and refreshing to hear this morning. But is God actually going to do this? How can we be sure that God will do this? Notice verses 19 to 22. Praise God who rules over all. Verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. God is God over all things. God rules and reigns. He's established his throne in heaven. God sits on his throne exercising perfect sovereign rule over all he has created. God is in control. Therefore, he will do what he has said. So praise him. David then tells the angels, the heavenly hosts, and everything and everyone to praise the Lord. Then he ends his psalm how he began. Praise the Lord, my soul. We end the psalm with the whole, with the aim of the whole psalm. Praise the Lord, my soul. This, is, this whole psalm is addressed to David's soul. The audience is not others or God, but the whole psalm is addressed to David's own soul. I wonder, do you talk to yourself? What a strange question to have in a sermon. But honestly, do you talk to yourself? This psalm tells us to talk to ourselves. Remind yourself what God is like, what God has done for you. Praise him. Lift him high above all things. Praise him for his forgiveness. Praise him for his love towards us. Praise him for his grace and mercy. Praise him for his daily provisions. Praise him for all the times he's brought us back when we sinned against him. Praise him that he's dealt with our sins. Uh, Praise him that our weakness draws compassion from him. So let's finish with uh, two simple points of application. Uh, So firstly... How do we respond to the goodness of God? Do what David did. Tell yourselves daily the good things that God has done. Tell yourselves daily what Jesus did for you on the cross. Tell yourselves daily the kindness that God has shown to you. As the old hymn goes, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. And finally, let's look back to the start of the psalm. David says, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Notice the word in all my inmost being, or all that is within me. David wants his whole self to worship God. David doesn't want lip service or half-hearted service. David wants every part of him to praise and worship God. Why? Because God is worthy. 
God is worthy of all our praise. Uh, We must respond to this psalm in worship of God, worshiping him with our lives. Uh, Look at how amazing God is. Look at what the Father has done to us through Jesus. Let's, Let's be a people who leave sin behind because Jesus is better. Let's be a people who love one another because Jesus is our Lord. Uh, Let's be a people who treasure Jesus over everything, for he satisfies. Uh, Let's be a people who show Jesus to others, because he is the Savior. Let's be a people who trust Jesus, because he will never leave us. Let's be a people who give up our lives so that we might find true life in Jesus. Jesus is better. Let's, Let's close in prayer. Father, we praise you for your goodness to us in the Lord Jesus, that though our sins are many, your mercy is more. We praise you that Jesus has saved us. He has redeemed us. Uh, We are right with you because of what Jesus has done. Uh, I pray that we might trust him uh, more with our lives. I pray that, Lord, you might, by your spirit, um, help us to live for you in our weakness. We thank you that you are the God of the universe who will do what he has said. Uh, Thank you that we can trust you. Uh, I pray that we would go out being people who want to give up our lives uh, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.